Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Anita Powell, and this is the Black Menopause and Beyond podcast. Within this podcast, I look at menopause through my eyes, a person of colour, working class, plus I'm a larger shaped woman. I aim to interview people with lived experience, professionals, plus I'm, I'm going to look at menopause through research, um, use my experience of menopause as guidance to explore topics and, and talk about some of the things I've tried and not tried etc. Within today's episode, I aim, I aim to talk about representation and the importance of rep- representation within healthcare in general, as well as in the menopause. What inspired me to have this talk was um, not long ago, I was asked this question, is black menopause different than any other ethnicity going through the menopause? My response to that question, on the surface, black menopause biologically is very similar through most ethnicities however things influence outcomes it can influence your menopause experience and your menopause conditions based on other things that happen so i suppose it's a it's part of the nature nurture question really there are only a few differences on a biological level but when you incorporate cultural economics, religion, class, and physical health and fitness, mental health, um, and other things like that into the mix, it can have an impact on the menopause experience. So it's really important that women who are black, when they go through the menopause, that there is some kind of representation. And at some point when they are black, that they are the default client and what I mean by the default client is that the menopause is looked at from their narrative and that's actually needed I think in many aspects of health because there are so many influencing factors that influence people of colour on a larger or lesser scale and they also think they may also experience other things on a larger or lesser scale and the mix of experiences that they can encounter may have an impact on outcomes. And somebody from a different ethnicity having different larger or lesser um, experiences can have a totally different impact to their outcomes. So it's really important sometimes that 
people of colour have representation within healthcare and at some point they are made the default client. And if they're the default client, then they could hopefully get optimum healthcare if it's available. And I'll, I'll just cover a couple of areas. So one of the things I've spoken about is health inequalities. And health inequalities are driven by inequalities in society, which have an impact on shaping your health experience. So I think I've mentioned a few. So it's about lifestyle, materialistic wealth, education, the education you've received, that has an impact on how you, your work, your, you know, where you live, even the relationships you end up with in your friendship. Your education has an, has an impact on that. So your job security, your housing conditions, um, psychosocial stresses, and also discrimination within the health service. So these all contribute to health inequalities and it has an impact on really within the whole health sector. And it can have an accumulative impact on somebody's life, either the direction they take in life or the impact on their, their level of health or the decisions that they have made. And sometimes health inequalities or inequalities full stop, they can have a long-term effect, even to the point where they may influence a baby or child as they're in their mother's womb, or it can actually have um, an impact. It can have an impact when you're parenting um, because you're, you know, what you're going through may have an impact on your child's experience and therefore your child may then grow up and repeat some of the, or live um, in some of the conditions or experience some of the experiences an adult has experienced. So that's health inequalities. Health inequalities have an impact therefore on all um, health inequalities can have an impact on black women and the impact on black women can have an impact on their relationship with who they are, their relationship with the health service, their relationship with how they process their own personal health. You know, do they seek help? Do they um, in or do they do self-care on all these different things? So it can have a major impact. Also, one of the reasons why black women need to be default as part of their own health care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's so that they understand what they need to do to reach optimum health for who they are. Now, vitamin D is key for bone development and also immunity and those two things are quite important for all round health the immunity is all round health and bone as we know through the menopause the menopause has an impact on your bone density so vitamin d for menopausal women full stop for all women is important when you're darker skinned you need a higher dosage when you're not the default people don't don't necessarily take you into consideration so a lot of vitamin D medication or vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin tablets, actually, the recommended dosage is not high enough for dark skin. If you do not know this and you follow the recommended dosage and you don't, say, for instance, spend more time outside trying to get vitamin D through natural light, then you could possibly have a vitamin D deficiency based on the fact that you are not aware that your needs are greater and you can't always rely on the recommended dosage because you are not the default patient that the dosage is based on. That's something to take into consideration. Also, you need to take more vitamin D if you are a larger person. So it's something that I would, I'm not um, an expert in vitamins, so I would advise anyone listening to this to go to an expert to do some more research themselves to confirm what I've said and also get the information they need from a healthcare provider but if you're dark skinned you need to take a higher dosage of vitamin d and if you're larger you also need to take a higher dosage of vitamin d so that's something that you've learned today if you didn't know that already when I've done my research as well I've looked at my experience of social and cultural impact of the menopause I started to explore the topic of the menopause in 2019 I discovered that there wasn't really much said about the menopause. No, no one really talked about it. And it was clearly still a major taboo. A major taboo with women. Women did not talk about it. The media definitely didn't talk about it. And it was really, really, really undercover. But I did find that there were services, private services, that supported women going through the change. And I found that they were expensive. and They were targeted at a certain audience, an audience who had large disposable income, and they were willing to spend a lot of money on take, taking care of who they are. Now, taking into consideration that women represent 51% of the population, and over a certain age, a large proportion of women go through the menopause and a large proportion of those women or fair amount of these women also experience some kind of symptom some women sell through it literally is like a light switch being switched off and they have no um, symptoms they're not at all disabled they don't suffer any repercussions with regards to the change or anything like that whereas some women they really really do struggle with the menopause and I'm, I'm going through a stage where I'm just permanently tired I don't know if you can relate to that I'm just always tired so for me I realised I need some support um, GPs National Health Service didn't really offer anything really um, I, I was told to take some blood tests I've taken some blood tests and they said nah it's alright you're alright and I'm thinking well I feel like this I feel like that and then my iron levels dramatically dropped dramatically um, 
and everything. They kind of hinted about the change. My hair is dropping out and they hinted about the change, but no one has actually confirmed that that is the change. So it's kind of, I could tell I wasn't really going to get much support or help or guidance or education from my GP or doctor. So I set about and I kind of looked all over the internet and things like that. And I found that when I looked on the internet, the people that talked about the menopause, for some, for some reason, looked very affluent. And they looked, to be honest with you, quite middle class. And they were virtually all Caucasian. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's about the default. I wanted to hear some conversation. I wanted to hear some words from people that looked like me and have similar experiences to me so that I can then relate to what they say to what I've experienced and some of the recommendations that they say I could possibly incorporate and I'll give you some example hair afro hair black hair is different than Caucasian hair and for black women hair is a big thing it's big for all women but for black women it it has it's just an area of more stress really i think when things go wrong because black hair needs more maintenance so when something goes wrong and you're already putting a lot of time and energy to maintain it and then it goes wrong and you don't understand why it's going wrong that can cause quite a lot of distress just to um, some women and i found that within environments where um, the women were predominantly caucasian if hair was brought up it was irrelevant to me the hair, the, some of the discussions around hair and uh, things that they use, it didn't say it worked with um, black or Afro hair. Um, and it could be that it does work with black and Afro hair. That wasn't relev- relevant to the conversations about hair when I was surrounded or when you're surrounded by people predominantly Caucasian. So you can't explore that area of concern because you're not the default so you have to go elsewhere to talk about your menopausal hair um and that that's a bit frustrating i also discovered that different countries and continents deal with menopause differently or they view women going for the menopause differently so i looked at some web pages that talked about menopause and islam and i also found some articles about south africa and and menopause and they actually were quite similar it the articles kind of highlighted that within these communities i mean this is this is my words rather than the articles that men men's status has a strong dominance and women within these societies and that's the islamic and south african societies their optimum status is while they are going through their childbearing years once they no longer can have children their status in society changes. Based on what I've read, it's not so much that they have no use, their use in society changes. So rather than them them rearing children, what they're actually doing will be helping form the new generation. So I suppose it fits in with that idea of a, a village raising a child. So an older woman will be helping the young women look after their children. I'll be helping the community look after the collective children and just helping just educate the young person on how to be a good citizen within the community. And the emphasis on 
this within i think this happens in other countries as well but i found that within the religion of islam and also within the country of south africa they're quite similar the um the information i found they did talk about a woman's status being different after they have become menopausal and old and aged and got older and i think that's slightly different than in the western world so if you're a woman of color being able to talk to other women who are in a similar situation, I think it could be quite beneficial. Also, I noticed, this is what I've noticed, and I've read articles um, which have kind of confirmed what I've noticed. Within menopause group groups where the women are predominantly ethnic minorities or black, I noticed that the conversations were different. And the articles I've read have kind of confirmed that. So women of colour are less likely to trust health services and doctors. I suppose it's quite a complex thing and I think maybe it goes back from generations and generations and I don't know, it might be connected to colonisation. It could be connected to devaluing within the healthcare service system. And you think, some people might think, no, that's silly, but I read an article, I think by Jen Gunter, and it related to a book she's written about the menopause, that there is... misogyny within the healthcare so if there's sexism within the healthcare system where um, well she's written within her book that women's health issues talks about how there's misogyny within the healthcare system if there's sexism there there's quite possibly um, prejudice intersectional prejudice uh, because of the history of people of colour with regards to you know slavery and devaluing then it, it could be very believable that there is an intersectional prejudice within the healthcare which has an impact on the level of care that people of colour receive. And therefore, that can, if that experience is negative, it can have a cultural, societal or personal impact on how that person relates to the health service if they trust or rely on the health service for care. Now... Within the groups I've I've um, joined, the, as I've said, the groups that were predominantly women of colour, they just talked about different things. So they talked more so about like changing the foods. They talked about vitamin tablets and things like that. But all the vitamin tablets that are recommended are really quite affordable. Within the few groups where the groups were predominantly, not solely, but predominantly Caucasian, they talked about menopause coaches and personal trainers. Um, um, they did all kinds of, I don't know, uh, menopause hip exercises and menopause pilates. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things. I just found there's more stuff in there which cost more money. So a lot of these women were taking HRT um, or even tes- testosterone through private doctors. Um, because all these years of the National Health Service not really valuing menopause as something to deal with, a lot of women who could economically afford it have gone privately to get the right healthcare. And some of the vitamin tablets that I've noticed that were recommended in the group which had predominantly Caucasian women, they were really expensive, really expensive. 
So I'm presuming, this is based on my observation, it's not scientific, based on my observation, I'm presuming that there are higher disposable income in the room and there's greater trust for health services and also greater use of private services that are able to provide informed, educated and reliable information so they can then make healthcare choices based on that economic advantage where the women of colour in the different menopause groups, they just, uh, the things they talked about, just, there was just clearly less money in the room as part of the conversation. Um, I'm not saying that that applies to everyone because, of course, there are people of colour who have money. I just noticed that the groups I belong to, menopause, for some reason, seems to be to come across as a Caucasian middle-class conversation for women to have and it's not really traditionally seen as a conversation that working class Caucasians seem to discuss and it's not a conversation that women of colour often discuss as well Um, and that's the media's image I'm not talking about necessarily that that's the biological fact because it's not because all women of different you know who look differently can experience or go through the menopause but the media image of the menopause is very much Caucasian middle class and I just thought that that has an impact on how women who don't look like that connect with that conversation especially as that conversation is not being fully met in many places through their GP or through their National Health Service because the majority of the places in the UK do not have a National Health Service menopause clinic. So they don't have a specialised clinic that supports them through the change. And many people have to travel quite far, a gynaecologist, to deal with their gynaecological problems. And there are loads of women of colour and black women who just have said at flat, I'm not taking the HRT, I'm just not doing it. And they're just great reliance on food and natural medicines and alternative or complementary medicines. Women of colour just have less trust for their health service and whatever. And you know what? It's understandable based on some of the historical um, influences that people of colour have with regards to the history that they've had with the health service, where they're not valued or, you know, uh, historically the horrendous stories that where we where people of colour were used for experiments. So that possibly has set a cultural belief of mistrust, something that's passed down from generation to generation. And then there's also the Monday devaluing, where some women of today feel, as patients, they're not valued. They don't receive much, as much empathy from health staff when they talk about their pain and suffering. And then you also think about the combination of being revered, been or go through decades experiencing racial inequality and the and the impact that can have of long-term anxiety based on your race that can have an impact on your on your mental state then you combine it with the biological change of your hormones and uh, the level of frustration can intensify you also have to then add the other stats um, that women of colour are more likely to, to you know, um, be economically poorer. They're more likely to live in a- inadequate housing. They're more likely to be single. And then you also hear about things like vitamin D that, you know, a lot of people of colour, especially black people, dark skinned people, actually suffer suffering from vitamin D deficiency. And it's not really discussed because we're not the default because the area has a sensitivity which affects people of, of dark skin more so because we 
we need more vitamin D for overall health. And the recommendation is not for us. The recommendation is for somebody who needs less vitamin D. Then our overall health may not be adequate. Economically, we may be struggling. With regards to support within the household, we may also um, be lacking. We may also have uh, the, the burden of historical and first-person experience of a negative relationship with your hospital or doctor or, doctor or nurses, etc. Combine all these things, as well as the biological change of menopause. The experience of menopause for a person of colour, a woman of colour, can be dramatically different than somebody who's not black. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I'm saying it's something that women of colour need to understand that we need to make ourselves the default of this conversation and we need to put ourselves in a position where we can have a face and a representation so that people who are going through what we're going through, that we can connect to them and that they can connect to us. And then we can therefore talk about the menopause and understand that we are, we have value and we are at that moment in time, the default patient. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please follow my podcast for more podcasts and also like and share my social media. This is Anita Powell. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.